Welcome to Charmaine Wilson, the Australian Comedian Podcast. Good morning and welcome to my podcast where we are currently reading Spirit Whispers. And we are now up to Chapter 11. Um, I believe that we have only a few chapters to go. So... I want to start this chapter off um, and this chapter is called Girl in a Million and I want to start off with a poem because around the time I started to develop I got very creative with my writing as well. These days um, unfortunately I don't write as many songs or poems as I used to but I got one type of bubbling up at the moment which I think I'm going to write with my husband because I do play music. For those of you who don't know I play drums, harmonica and guitar so eh, a little bit of Back story there. But anyway, back to Spirit Whispers, Chapter 11. Girl in a Million. It's the military man. He's in camouflage. He's the military man, hiding a little boy deep within. He's dressed in green, brown and fawn, waiting for a war to dawn. He packs an M16 and a hand grenade. He's got everything. He's highly trained killing machine. He's in the Air Force, the Army and the Navy, patrolling the, the sky, the land and the sea. A soldier, a warrior, a fighter times three. That's the military man. He's protecting his country, he's protecting his freedom, protecting the children and all the pretty women. He's fighting for his right, his freedom of choice, fighting in a language called the military choice. His life is not his own. He'll be leaving his family, leaving his home. That's the military man. He's an ambassador of peace, a paid hit man. He does what he's told, he's under command, protecting our country, our great white land. That's the military man. He'll be leaving the beaches, he'll be leaving the sun, leaving his lazy afternoons of fun. Lest we, get, we, lest we forget the diggers gone by, it makes me question and wonder why. Do we have to fight? Does it have to continue? Is there anything we can do to save our military men? Because they are fighting a war that is not our own. Won't you leave our boys alone? Fight your own war, then send them home. Because we really love our military men. That was around the time that um, a 9-11 happened and it was getting hairy. Back to the story. In April 2004, I had heard of a psychic artist living close by to my mum. I've always been fascinated by psychic art and was keen to see the process in action. I made appointments for my mum and myself. The reading was thorough and the picture was remarkable. Many things made sense as the picture developed. When the artist um, drew a tunnel with a digger at the end, I immediately interpreted it to mean I would start doing more readings at the RSL clubs around my area. I'd been feeling this for a while and the drawing confirmed I was right on track. My grandfather had been a veteran. He was in the Light Hordes Regiment during World War II, although from what I understand the regiment rode motorbikes by then instead of horses. The digger in the picture had a feather in his hat, so maybe the message was down to Grandpop. But for me the meaning was clear. Somehow I'd be doing more group readings in connection with the RSL. I just knew it. As a rule, I don't have readings from psychics much these days. I still don't. But that one confirmed what spirit had been whispering to me for some time. The trouble with being a psychic and getting a reading is that you tend to interpret it also. Although I also usually have a fair idea as to what is happening in my life and that the directions I'm taking are correct, it can still be nice to have a double confirmation. Good readers have brought up the most embarrassing things for me sometimes. I vividly remember meeting another medium who offered me a reading in 20, 2004 Naturally, my brother decided to get in on the act. In serious tones, the medium informed me that my brother seemed to be coming through. To my complete horror, 
the only thing she could get besides the details of his death was one word, snot. Obviously, Martin still had the market cornered on being bad. I nearly fell through the floor with embarrassment as the memories came flooding back. Needless to say, I didn't explain to the meeting the significance of my dear departed brother's message of love. The day after reading with the psychic artist, a woman named Donna called me. She explained she was representative of the Iris Girl, Girl in a Million. The quest is run by RSL clubs in Queensland each year. Uh, side note, RSL, Returned Servicemen's League. Okay, that's for the, um, it's a club for the military, returned servicemen. Single girls over the age of 18 have a chance to win wonderful prizes while learning more about our heritage and raising funds to enhance the quality of retired veterans' lives. Donna asked if I'd be interested in participating in a joint fundraiser for the retired vets. I had tingles running all through my body and did not hesitate to accept. Wow! <laughs> the drawing flashed into my mind and somehow I knew this was going to be bigger than even I could imagine. To this day, the picture hangs on the wall in my office. It doesn't anymore. A recent group reading I held at Ipswich had drawn the attention of the local press and I was about to go up the coast and out west to RSL clubs and other venues. The idea of raising funds for retired veterans really appealed to me. You see, even though I'm not an advocate of war, I still believe that military men and women past and present have done a great job. I really love the idea that I might be able to help the old men and women who had made our country safe many years ago by giving something back. I made an arrangement with Donna concerning fees and we set the date for June 4th for the first ever Girl in a Million Spirit Whispers joint fundraising event. The group went well with those in Gympie, Dolby and Bundaberg going exceptionally well. I had another function in Ipswich which was my biggest jet and also one of my best. It seemed that Spirit World was warming up to the idea of the group readings and I was enjoying myself to the max. My biggest number had been about 40. But I was happy with this as I was able to correctly identify where the energies were coming from. It seemed like I had gone up in stages from 10 to 20 to 30 to 40 people. My guides had not let me down to this point and were still teaching and guiding me at a pace that would not overwhelm me. The first read for The Girl in a Million was a success. 50 people attended the function and many received excellent validation from spirit. It was pretty clear that even those who hadn't made a direct connection were deeply moved and uplifted by the experience. Donna was very impressed by the response and realising quickly that as a team, we could not only raise substantial funds for the vet veterans, but we could also heal broken hearts along the way. She went home and sent an email to all the other entrants and fundraising coordinators in Cleveland to let them know, uh, in Queensland, to let them know. Before long, I'd been booked for a girl in the million functions in Air, Burley Heads, Gatton, Greenbank, Narang, Ipswich, as well as clubs in Bundaberg, Rat Mackay, Rockhampton, Gympie and Dolby. Donna, Donna and I were working very well as a team and decided to try and drum up some media coverage for the shows. Donna contacted radio and televisions via email about the work we were planning. The following Monday, I received a call from Channel 9's Brisbane Extra program and Radio B105 asking if I'd be willing to be interviewed on air and perhaps give a demonstration of my work. Brisbane Extra went to air at 5.30pm, Monday to Friday before the Daily News, and B105 were actually looking for a resident psychic. Well, I was ecstatic. The television show wanted to shoot the reading the following Friday. I had to arrange a venue close to the television station and also a crowd <laughs> to participate in a group reading in three days. Fortunately, friends of mine had a, a restaurant close by and they were more than happy to use, let me use it for the day. I made three phone calls and asked for people who had preferably not had a reading with me to be rounded up and lo and behold, we had a crowd. As with all things to do with spirit, it just fell into place. 
I was so nervous leading up the television shoot that I rescheduled my Thursday appointments. On one hand, I was on a real high, my first television appearance. On the other hand, I was panicking that spirit would get camera shy and wind up looking like a complete idiot. I was up and down like a yo-yo, a real mess. On the Sunday following the first girl in the million, I had a minor car accident and this prompted me to get to an office. To add to the stress levels, Friday morning seemed to be the only convenient time for the furniture men to deliver my office furniture and for, for someone to come and connect the electricity. Somehow I understood that this was my guide's way of keeping my feet fir- planted firmly on the ground. When I arrived at the restaurant, there was a crowd of about 40 people. Some I knew, some I didn't. But one thing we all had in common was that we were all very nervous. The shoot was an experience I will never forget. I think my heart was the loudest I've ever heard and my top kept gaping open for the entire world to see. Now, I'm not big busted, but I'd worn my push-up bra and maximise my gorgeousness for telly. I ended up spending way too much time trying to prevent the viewers from seeing their first topless medium. Needless to say, I was uncomfortable. And to make matters worse, I had seemed to... The first lady I read seemed to have developed psychic amnesia. I feel you have a male around you whose name begins with the letter A, I said in my best television voice. No, the woman responded flatly. From behind her, the woman's friend whispered, What about your husband, Andy? Well, talk about a tough crowd. Later, the woman admitted to me that, in fact, it had all made sense to her. She'd just had a bit of stage fright. After the second reading, I began to feel a little better. By the fourth reading, we had a really good flow going. After the restaurant shoot, a mother and daughter team and myself went to the local cemetery. <laughs> they always want cemeteries. Um, to do a private reading just for the atmosphere. This went extremely well and all in all, I was very happy with the day but was glad to see the end of it. It was a great relief to, damp, to put, rip off that bloody push-up bra, put my feet up. Brisbane Extra told me the piece would go to air the following Wednesday but somehow I knew it would be the Tuesday. So I cancelled my appointments for the afternoon. Sure enough, went to air on the Tuesday, along with all the show's regular viewers. I watched myself on television for the very first time. It was a great show in actual fact. The station had done my life's passion justice. Current affairs programs have a reputation for trashing psychics, but this show treated what I was doing with respect. Although my nerves were apparent, as were the magnificently uplifted bosoms, spirit had let me shine on screen. The segment portrayed psychic work in a very positive light. As usual, I thank Spirit because I feel they were the ones that pulled the strings after all. They even put me in the same light as my favourite psychic at the time, John Edward, and that was like icing on the, icing on the cake. I learned a lot from experience. Also, that TV really does add 10 pounds. After the show aired, the phone rang at a slow but steady pace. As I've said before, my guides are constantly monitoring how much I can handle and adjusting the flow accordingly. We had a function planned for Burley Heads on the 12th of August and another at Gatton on the 13th. The Burley show was the biggest jet, 73 people in all, and an excellent one. Everything flowed so well, I was ecstatic. The coordinator booked another show immediately. People had come from all over the southeast because of the television show. I left Burley feeling very optimistic about the Gatton show. I would love to tell you that the Gatton show was a huge success, but unfortunately it wasn't. When I woke up that day, I had a feeling I couldn't shake. I looked at the kitchen clock and saw it was 9-11. Those numbers, 9-11, always made me feel uneasy. I looked at my phone a bit later on and lo and behold, 9-11am, bugger. A few minutes later, there it was again, 9-11 on the bedroom clock. It seemed that all my clocks were out of sync in some terms, but exactly in sync with the 9-11 message that gave me the heebie-jeebies. I friendly asked my guides if this was home. They said, you will be reading fine. 
Well, that was okay then. I should have felt relieved, but as the day carried on, I could not shake my bad mood. We arrived at the venue and told we had to wait until the last post had played. So we started about five minutes late. That was okay. Deep into the life of Winnie, the reading is interrupted by the blare of the club loudspeaker. A loud crunching noise followed by, Ticket 772, Dorothy Smith. Oh no, <laughs> it seems Spirit would have to wait until the raffles had been drawn. I was informed that the drawing had to take place immediately and the speakers could not be turned off as some patrons were in the other part of the room. I tried to continue as numbers were called, but after 10 minutes I surrendered and called an unscheduled interval. 10 minutes later the audience returned, but by then the member's draw was up to $4,000 and the club had to keep drawing and broadcasting until a winner could be found. Well, after what seemed like forever the announcement stopped, I resumed reading with a huge sigh of relief, the instant the, the chook wheel clickety-click clicked into life. Donna begged the manager to please stop the draw until the end of the reading. This nearly caused a punch-up at the front bar. I don't know what the universe was on about, maybe the Friday the 13th thing, but unbelievably, the member's draw did not go off until 11.20pm. We were walking out the door as the winner's name was announced. The following Monday was a little bizarre. I had four readings scheduled. The first one went very well. The second was an excellent reading with a lady who had driven from Gympie. Towards the end of the reading, I had this A come in. I thought it might have been Arthur. Nope, there were no A's, the lady told me. What was strange was the fact that A seemed to be getting stronger. The next reading was a little late. I immediately got a Dorothy, a Helen, an Emily and a Jean. No to all except the Jean. I could not understand. They were so clear. Nothing but names came through. I went for a walk to see if I could uncross my wires. I returned to my client, apologised for the delay and resumed the reading. I was re relieved when the client received validations from Caroline. Then the A name came back. Arthur was definitely the name. As soon as the next client sat down, I was seeing a golf course and then a wedding. Yes to both. And then her mother Jean came through, followed by Dorothy, who acknowledged her mother Helen and then the grandmother Emily. They must have been early um, when they came through before. It never ceased to amaze me when spirits turn up early and come into another reading. Before long, in again came A, Arthur. I was very clear on that. I was doing the grocery shopping after that reading when I got a phone call. The second lady, the one from Gympie, called to tell me some bad news. When she had arrived home, her mother had called her to tell her that her uncle Arthur had died that morning while the reading was in progress. Poor old uncle Arthur. He just sat with me all day announcing his arrival in heaven. I can just see it. While we were talking to her father, Bill, he must have said to me, Arthur's just turned up. The mind boggles. I wonder what he must have been thinking coming straight from his deathbed to a psychic medium's room in Ipswich and then not to be claimed. Poor old Uncle Arthur. In fact, this has happened a few times. Occasionally the names and details I'm picking up actually belong to the next reading. When this happens, I'm reminded of, a, of the scene in the movie Ghosts where Whoopi Goldberg's character has all the spirits waiting in the room with her while the clients wait outside in the waiting room for their turn. In my mind's eye, I can almost hear and see the spirit saying, well, this not's not going to talk. I've got something to say. Before shows, I also get the distinct impression of having a long line of spirits have been following me all day. And honestly, some of them get so close, I find myself gasping for breath one minute and feel like I'm having a heart attack the next. I can just about see the conga line behind me the whole day with the, with the front spirit lit, literally beating the others off with a stick. Okay, well, that is the end of Chapter 11, and I actually enjoyed reading that one. 
so cringy when it's not about my life. <laughs> anyway, I will be back very soon with the next chapter, which will be chapter 12. So um, I hope that you have a good day with whatever you're doing. And I hope that um, you've seen some signs from the spirit. I hope hearing it about spirits making you see a few more signs. Have a great day. She talks to angles. Oops, angels. <laughs> You'll come back now. <laughs>